Well, I was asked to talk today. I lost a piece of paper I had it written on. I don't know exactly. <laughs> remember? And on the hundred um, paper. It's uh, Arjuna's in a situation where he's wondering what his duty is. What is oh, yeah. our duty in life? What, what is what is our duty in life? Thank you. Yeah. Is Arjuna's question. I, I need to know what is my duty. Uh, what am I supposed to be doing? And all of us uh, should be asking that question. What am I here for? We, we uh, find ourselves in this world. Uh, when we first find ourselves in the world, we're one of those things called children. And all of a sudden, we're in this mid middle of this ongoing sort of drama. There's mother and father and and sort of you're here and you belong in this family and maybe there's somebody across the street in that family and at least I thought why am I here in this family rather than across the street in that family I mean how did I get here we're really just thrown into this world and I think most of us have a sense that I'm supposed to be doing something here. What is it for? Uh, and I, at least I used to. I used to be puzzled all the time about just the fact of being there. With this particular kind of boy body, others had girl bodies. That was different, and and. Uh, I had younger brothers, other people had sisters, so circumstances like, like that. And I wonder, why am I here and not there? Um, uh, so there's a sense, I think, uh, owing to our own human consciousness, that we, we wonder about those things and we want to ask questions. I didn't know exactly how to articulate those questions, you know, at the age of five or six when they really started coming up. Uh, uh, had a pet cat, it got run over by a car and I saw, well, there's this, what happens to this animal and I could see, you know, I cut myself, red stuff came out too and then I could understand that this was another aspect of things people dying, you, you notice it's, this is also going around. Uh, nobody wanted to talk about that. Oh, you don't have to worry about that long way off. So, uh, as, as, there's a statement that Prabhupada repeated very frequently. So that human life is meant for self-realization. Uh, we do have a, a, a state of consciousness that seems to be different from animals, or at least most of them, uh, where we ask, ask those kinds of questions. Um, they keep getting answered, even though they're sometimes, you know, discouraged. Uh, I, I, when I went to college, um, 
I took a philosophy course because I was interested in those sorts of things. You know, this is freshman uh, introduction to philosophy. Um, the, uh, the instructor was a graduate student. You know, they don't pay professors money to teach news people. They use graduate students. His name was Ken Young. He's from the UK. And so he said to us, you know, what is philosophy? What, what, is, what, is, what do you think philosophy is? And so we raised our hands and gave our stupid answers. And he wrote them on the board and then went through and demolished every question, every idea that we had philosophy must be about. And my question was on the board. Uh, he wrote that down. Uh, philosophy means asking questions like, who am I? Where do I come from? Where am I going? So when he got to my question, he got a particularly mean look on his face. And he says, oh, yes. He says, this, these questions. Who am I? Where have I come from? Where am I going? He said, we do have one person in this department, meaning the philosophy department, who asks those questions. And I say, my name is Ken Young. I am coming from College Hall, and I am going to Bennett Hall. And then he struck it out. <laughs> Question on the board. That's, whoa. That was... a particular school of philosophy that was prevalent at that time, you know, logical positivism, linguistic analysis, stuff like that. And so I tried to go along with that kind of a program, you know, but the questions didn't really, uh, didn't really go away. And, uh, and, uh, and at the end of four years of philosophy, I went to a couple of professors and this time my question was, what, what, why are, what, what is the best that you think can be achieved by studying philosophy? And the, the person I respected the most, what can you achieve in philosophy? He said, that what you, the best you can achieve in philosophy is being clear about what you're confused about. Uh, at an older age, I appreciated that answer more <laughs> than I did then. But then I was like a little, little taken aback. So, so that's how I, I ended up uh, uh, going to graduate school in religious studies. Because at least I thought you could ask those kinds of questions in a, in a religion department. Uh, the religious studies was something that was started in America in the, in, in the late 60s. Uh, stolen from the Germans, they had something called Religionswissenschaft, the, the scientific or academic study of religions. And that was just starting in America, uh, where you would study it as an academic discipline. And I thought, well, you know, let me look at all the different religions and try to see what 
they have to say about it. So that's that's what that's what I was doing, and that was more interesting in a way uh, to me. Um, but I but I must say, um, almost all the professors were former priests, former ministers, former rabbis <laughs> who were dropping out of their their spiritual institutions. And since now they had all this stuff in their heads, they had been taught very well. They were, you know, parlaying it into academic careers. <laughs> that was what was happening. It was like, uh, uh, in the course of that time, I became a Hare Krishna. I went just the opposite way. Um, uh, uh, yeah, I went native. Uh, so, I th it, it's, uh, but, I was very happy when I encountered Krishna devotees and, and started uh, reading uh, the books of Srila Prabhupada. I mean, I, I, I never, I saw devotees jumping up and down and chanting on the campus. Uh, 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 they had just come down from New York. I was in Philadelphia to start a, start a, a temple there. And, uh, um, and I was aware of some things in the counterculture and, you know, and were going on like that. I, I hadn't really dropped out. I was a graduate student, but still a lot of my friends were uh, what would be called hippies. It's a journalist word, you know, by the way, if just, just for your cultural information. Hippies never called themselves hippies. They called themselves freaks. <laughs> Journalists came up with the hippie word. Uh, so I had friends who were freaks. But I saw, the, I saw uh, Krishna devotees uh, and, and I thought, wow, this is very interesting because, because uh, you know, when I was a child going to church, we would be collecting money to send uh, missionaries to India. Uh, to India. And now the missionary effort was coming the other way. So I thought that's really interesting, you know, that that's, that's happening. So I, I went up and uh, talked to a devotee. I mean, the, when I saw these guys jumping up and down and chanting, I thought, my God, you'd never catch me doing something like that. But so I checked it out and I got some literature. And then one of my friends, called me up and says, hey man, there's this far out love feast, you gotta come. So, so I, 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 went, I went to the, 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 uh, the little rented place they had. In the, and uh, and uh, so that, that was pretty interesting. Uh, I, I didn't expect to to really be impressed, uh, but but I but I was because one one thing one thing was that uh, the guy who was giving the talk and, and again you know we were all crammed in this little room much tighter than we were you are here uh, the whole uh, all the people around me they they reeked of marijuana and patchouli oil. Uh, there were students and the hippies, and uh, 
that this, this devotee gave this Sunday feast lecture and he started off talking about the four regulative principles of no illicit sex, no meat eating, no intoxication, no gambling. And I saw people looking for the door. Uh, but I, I got, then I got interested. I thought, wow, you know, because I had been studying religions. I was trying to find something that maybe I thought they had in common at the highest level. And I thought Buddha did a nice job when, when he, with his noble truths. And the first of which is that life is suffering. And at least for myself, I knew that was true. No, no, doubt, no doubt about that. Uh, uh, we may think we're living in a very nice time in a nice place, but uh, and it's a beautiful day, springtime. But if around us, uh, somebody is dying, people are grieving, people are mourning. It's, it's going on all around us. You know, it's, it's all the time. It's like that. So I, I understood that this, this life is suffering, uh, uh, and that the cause of the suffering are uh, desires, attachments, cravings. This is what Buddha said. Uh, and that one has to as usually translates it, extirpate, uproot these desires. Well, I tried a little bit, but not much success. So the guy who was giving the lecture started talking about these principles of, you know, no illicit sex, no intoxications, and so on. And I thought, what? Well, he's telling the truth. I was, I was impressed by that. Uh, and... Uh, and he talked about the effort to control one's senses and one's desires. And he said that, that you have to give your senses spiritual engagement. Now, this was a new idea to me. I had had four courses in Hinduism, taught, taught by Hindus, actually Bengalis for that matter. Uh, and, and But all their version of Hinduism was the, the sort of impersonalist, Ram Krishna mission idea of what Hinduism was. Uh, uh, and uh, there, there's no such idea of, of, of you just, the senses in the world is all illusion, it's all maya, and you really have to uh, turn away from it. This idea of giving your sense of spiritual engagement was something new. And uh, so I thought I'd try it. He said it begins, he said spiritual life begins with the tongue. And that would start by chanting. And he recommended this process of chanting the Hare Krishna mantra. So in an experimental mood, somebody got me, I got some beads. And somebody taught me to sit down and chant Hare Krishna. And I thought, let me see what would happen. Just try it out. We, we were taking some pretty powerful drugs for spiritual seeking, so this seemed like relatively harmless compared to those, those kind of chemicals uh, that were going around. I went home and started chanting, and it made a big difference. My consciousness began to change. And, uh, and uh, I got, got kind of scared because it was so powerful and I didn't know who these people were and 
what I was getting involved in or anything like that. I stopped, and then I really felt horrible. Like I like a, like a suddenly this greasy cloud rolled in over top top of me. So that started chanting very carefully. And of course, the Hare Krishna devotees were so weird. <coughs> and and uh, yeah, yeah, very, very, very peculiar. Uh, and uh, uh, so I, did, I didn't know what to think. And, and then I got a book that just come out. There weren't many books in, uh, at that time, but but Srila uh, Prabhupada's translation, which you can get here, of the Isha Upanishad, uh, had just come out. And, uh, well, I had read the Isha Upanishad in two or three classes. It's a short one, and they like to teach it for that reason. And, uh, and, and that was one where the translator says, uh, these verses are very obscure. So nobody was quite sure what it was meant, what it meant. So here in Prabhupada, with not just a translation, but a commentary, and I, I, I started to read it, and it looked like he understood it. Just like amazing. Uh, and uh, that, that, that it, the language was very, very simple wasn't like academic scholarly language at all, very, very simple, and yet it was so profound, and I couldn't understand exactly where this came from, or even that these Hare Krishna devotees really understood the same thing I was understanding from, from reading this book, but I realized that there was some source of knowledge or inspiration coming from, from uh, from their teacher, that was that was a very very profound. Uh, and up until that time, I had always assumed that God could not be a person. That was just a temporary projection of ours until we got to the real understanding, which are, that that uh, God is uh, without a name, form, qualities, and attributes, and we're essentially identical with God if we really get down to it. That that that. that. That's what the devotees thought too. I thought, that, you know, that was what I was told was Hinduism. They have very the theistic Hinduism, where we are uh, um, the same in God in one respect, qualitatively the same, but we're very small and God is very great. Uh, and God is in our heart, is the super soul, and. Uh, if we purify our consciousness and that consciousness expands and, and, and becomes rarefied or purified, then we can begin to understand and encounter God. Uh, I started doing it and I'm, I'm, I'm still here today uh, uh, from, from just that one simple book and then one thing led to another and, uh, and uh, I did finish. I did get a PhD in religious studies, but but uh, by then I was really a you know, full-on uh, Hare Krishna devotee. Uh, so it is a fact that human life is meant for this idea of self-realization. This problem is human life is meant for self-realization. 
And there's a corollary to what he says, uh, and not sense gratification. Uh, we follow the regulative principles as one of the big obstacles to instant popularity, that, that we don't eat meat, fish, or eggs. That's becoming sort of more normal. Don't take intoxicants. Uh, that's good. Illicit sex is harder for people, but, but why, what, what are these principles for? It's not just a question of being moral principles. Uh, if most of us from Christian backgrounds, you know, there's sins. There's certain things that are sinful. And if you, you avoid sins, uh, you'll go to heaven. And if you commit sins, you go to hell. It's all on the business of rewards and punishments. But the, the, the principles of Christian consciousness, including the ones I mentioned, are actually also principles of knowledge. That if you read the Bhagavad Gita, knowledge depends upon sattva, or goodness. Uh, 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 it, it says in the Bhagavad Gita that this study gives uh, pratyaksha avagamam dharmyam. It gives direct perception. Why can't we have direct perception of transcendence? Well, because, because our, our organs of perception, our consciousness, is occluded or blocked. And what we have to do is clarify it. Uh, and, and, and so there's a very systematic way of, of, of seeing what the obstacles are and watch that change of consciousness takes place. And knowledge depends upon purity, sattva. Now, this used to be a standard in Europe, by the way. But, you know, universities were almost in the beginning, everybody who went to a university was a priest. They were expected to follow some kind of principles. They didn't, but anyway, they were expected to. Uh, uh, <coughs> uh, and, and, and this kind of consciousness, uh, things start to happen. First of all, the, you know, the, 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 our, first, our first proposal said is that I am spirit. This you read on all the Upanishads, Aham Brahmasmi, I am spirit. Uh, the corollary is, I'm not matter. Or as Prabhupada put it, I'm not this body. Uh, who am I? This is that question I asked, <laughs> who am I? Very clear answer, you, 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 you are a, a Jivatma, you're an Atma. Uh, the word usually translates as self, Atma. It's the, in Sanskrit, it's the reflective pronoun. I am the, the Atma. But that Atma is a spiritual being. And I'm not the body. Uh, and when we say not the body, uh, according to the, the, the uh, map of things given in the Bhagavad Gita and other uh, literature, uh, from uh, Vedic literature, is I'm not the mind. Which is actually, I'm not the body means that, you know, the, the, this is just a case that I'm occupying for a while, but I'm not it. I've, I identify myself with the, with the body, 
somebody tells you you're not the body, you, I've had people say, you're trying to say I'm not me. But, but uh, this is a vehicle that we are temporarily inhabiting, a machine made of material nature. Uh, but, but the body has an, uh, an interior, which in Sanskrit is called the shukshma sharira, the, the subtle body. Uh, uh, the, uh, basically the mind. Uh, and, and according to the understanding from the Upanishad, that at the time of death, uh, we leave the body, the, the self, the atma, leaves the body, and if we're going to take birth again in the world, the mind goes with it. The subtle body goes with it. Uh, what ultimate liberation means also liberation from the, the subtle body. So I'm not the mind. I'm not, I'm not the gross body. I'm not old, young, fat, thin, male, female, all these designations that, that, that we are preoccupied with. I'm none of those things. Uh, I, 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 and even the, the, the mind slow, fast, stupid, funny, all those mental, some kind of mental things. That's, that's not us. That's not us either. Well, what's left? If you're not the body and you're not the mind, what's left? Well, the, the, the self, the presence of the self is simply seen by consciousness. Consciousness is actually the kind of the effulgence of the self. Uh, that, that, that uh, you know, this microphone is a machine made of material nature. Uh, right now, uh, my body is also a machine made of material nature. Uh, when the sound enters here, like sound goes into my ears, uh, microphone does this, sound goes in. But here, it's just an object. My, my ears are machines that are hearing, but here there's somebody home. I'm not just an object. I'm a subject. I undergo experiences. I have significance for myself. This microphone just has significance for others. Uh, there's, there's a difference between being an object and being a subject. And so, Wherever there's a living being, there's a subject. The, according to the Bhagavad Gita, all the uh, cells that animate bodies are identical. Because of different adventures and fates in the material world, some are in animal bodies, some are in human bodies, some are in plant bodies, some are in microbe bodies, but they're all... They're all uh, Living men and living into and on the spiritual level, we're all equal. But those of us who have reached the human body, our consciousness is a little more expanded, and we can ask these questions. Generally, in animal bodies, the only concerns are to eat, to sleep, to mate, and to defend. These are the four animal activities of life, eating, sleeping, mating, and defending. And for most human beings, that's, you know, 98% of what's going on. 
the same way. We're just like animals. And our capacity for self-realization has not been fostered. Our, our, uh, I'm from America, you can tell. Uh, one of our earlier presidents said, the business of America is business. And that's what most people are involved with, economic development. That's the, really the big preoccupation. Uh, and the whole life gets, gets ca caught up in just economic development. Uh, you go to school, you get some assets, you learn, you learn how to do something, you work really, really hard, you get some rewards, a nice house, a posh wife, whatever, your husband, whatever you're after, you know, you show off for a little while, and you die. And you think, what was that all about? What did I just do? Now what? You know, but you get so caught up and preoccupied with it that it's just the whole thing. You, we've actually missed out on our own lives. You get a little satisfaction. Oh yeah, I was an important person. I have a re I get a really nice obituary. Uh, people will say I did something important. But that's that. James Joyce, I saw his statue just on the street. He's not getting any satisfaction out of that, wherever he is. You can be a big, famous guy, but you're not there to enjoy it anymore. Huh? And even when you were, you had some more problems than you thought you'd have to deal with. So, you know, if, you get, if, you, if you're successful, immediately... Millions of people hate you just because you're successful. <laughs> That's this world. Huh? Anyway, we should we should spend our time to try try to understand who we really are, and and, and to in some way at least begin this process. We, we understand that whatever progress we make in this life on a, on a spiritual level, uh, on simply becoming uh, free to whatever degree we can of lust and greed and anger, of understanding uh, our own spiritual nature, of discovering not only who we are but who God is, uh, because these things are available for discovery. Uh, that's to our, our good. That, that, that's permanent. Whatever progress we make, uh, we'll go with the next birth. Okay, you made 20% progress. We'll start off with, with, the, with the 20%. It's, it's not lost. That'll go with us. We will not have wasted our time but the, but the but but the actual process of Krishna consciousness it it is a systematic uh, process of self-realization systematic it, 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 it's 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 doable it can be taught if one practices you will see it happen um, early on when when uh, 
Srila Prabhupada came to America, he got an invitation to talk at the Massachusetts Institute of Technology right outside of Boston. And it was to a bunch of uh, graduate students and professors there. And uh, I saw a transcript of what he said. He said to them, you have so many departments in the Massachusetts Institute of Technology for, for study, why don't you have a department for the soul? And you could see people, why is he talking about? Uh, because Prabhupada was accustomed to use this idea of the science of self-realization. And people can't imagine that that is actually a systematic uh, activity with discernible results. It's true, you you know, if you're used to doing psychological experiments, maybe uh, psychology professors do funny things to rats in cages or whatever. And this you have to make yourself the, the subject of your experiment. But but things began began to happen. Uh, uh, I I became a Christian. I'll just give you one example. I became a Christian uh, a Christian, uh, a Krishna devotee, and uh, was practicing uh, for a number of years. And then one day I realized that I was really absolutely convinced. That 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 uh, that that uh, Krishna was God, and I thought, what right do I have to be convinced? This is my own training, right? You <laughs> request everything you believe, you have to question. Uh, I, I thought, wow, how 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 can I? Yeah, maybe he's true, or likely to be true, or there's reasons I could give. But I, I was like, really convinced. And I thought I'd, I couldn't see how I had a right to be so convinced. And uh, I talked to somebody, an, another devotee, who actually also had a PhD in philosophy, and, and uh, she, she had uh, spent a long time as a very devout Christian. And I asked, I told her, you know, I, 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 I'm just so absolutely convinced. What do you think about that? And she said, well, it's a gift. <laughs> so, okay, maybe, maybe it is a gift, but still I was wondering, how can I be so convinced? And th but then when I thought about it, uh, you know, the self is a spiritual being, it's Atma. Right? That's who I am, I'm, I'm the Atma. But according to the Bhagavad Gita and the Upanishads, uh, there's also something called the Paramatma. Uh, there's the self of the self. I'm an Atma, I'm an individual. Each of you is an Atma. But in each of our hearts, there's also the Paramatma, and the Paramatma is one. And the Paramatma is also spirit. Spirit means Sat-Chit-Ananda, eternal, full of consciousness and knowledge and full of joy. That's the nature of the self and the nature of the Paramatma. They're qualitatively the same. Same quality. This means 
that knowing God, having a direct perception of this aspect of God, it's not the full aspect of divinity, but just this aspect, is something like knowing yourself. You know, can, can you doubt your own existence? Is it possible? No, you can't, can you? Who's doubting? You can't doubt your own existence. And so when you begin to get, clarify your consciousness and get some <coughs> intuition about yourself, direct experience of yourself as a spiritual being, uh, you then also begin to encounter the Paramatma. And once that, uh, I can doubt like Bishop Berkeley, you know, this world is even out here because I'm spirit and I'm one thing and this is matter and, and uh, maybe I'm being deluded or something like that. Uh, so, but I can't doubt my own existence. Uh, and when we encounter this, the self of the self, in the same way, we can't doubt that. This obvious fact. So this, I, so I, anyway, I had ex nobody in the Hare Krishna movement to, told me to expect that kind of experience, but but I had it, and so on on on, on, on the on, on this path, you get more and more self realization. And Prabhupada would say that self realization and God realization go together, and so I could I could see how that's that's true. Um, uh, so I'm, I, I do have this conviction that, that this is the best thing that can be done with one's human life and, and that any effort spent at, at, at improving it ourselves uh, of taking the steps to practice Krishna consciousness to start to just chant the Hare Krishna mantra on beads while trying to pay attention, uh, chant with a vow. Uh, we, those of us who are initiated devotees, we have made a vow to chant 16 rounds a day, but you know, start with one round. Just sit down, take 10 minutes or so, and just chant Hare Krishna and try to pay attention. If you just do it as an experiment, you'll see something begins to happen. And then you can take, take up some other things, uh, <coughs> Uh, leave off some intoxicant or whatever. Uh, uh, no more veal cutlets or something like that. In that direction, you'll see that, that things start to get get better. And uh, uh, there'll start to be a pattern in some coincidences too, by the way. You'll start to realize that somebody is guiding you directing you. This is almost all of us in, who have practiced have discovered this this takes place. So this <laughs> human life very much needs this. Not only is it something that we need for ourselves, it's something uh, that we need to, to be able to do some good for other people. You'll find out that that most of the intractable problems facing the human race will are just side effects of bad living and people being unable to control lust, greed, and anger, uh, and, and 
all of those things, you'll see that lust, greed, and anger diminish. Uh, uh, so people can be, start to become peaceful. Other, otherwise, if rage and lust and greed <coughs> keep on going, nobody's going to be satisfied. And it's ultimately going to lead to huge amounts of destruction. So it's, it's also something that can do for others. Help yourself, but also help other people. <coughs> so this is, this is uh, what I would like everybody to just think it over. And, uh, and wherever you are in your spiritual life, <coughs> doesn't matter whether it's here, 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 or here, just wherever you are, try to get better. Anyone who's trying to get better is good. It's not so much that we judge on some absolute scale, but just that the effort to uh, improve. I don't even say you have to become a Hare Krishna devotee. The, the, the laws of spiritual life are the same everywhere. Uh, and uh, Th th these principles are taught rather universally, uh, and they're, they're, they are the principles of human life. And uh, yeah, don't miss the chance. Don't one day say the time of death is there. What was that all about? Okay, thank you. I appreciate it. <coughs> Maybe uh, questions or comments? When someone close to you dies, um, I'm sorry? When someone close to you dies, you've known for a long time. Yeah. Do you think that when you meet some people in your life that you have some connection possibly? In the previous life, like that soul, that's your soul. Yeah, that may be the case. Uh -huh. And then, then, then that, when you die, when they die and you're still here, do you, do you think they can sort of, and you sort of feel their soul? Uh, you've got any connection after that? Uh, Someone that you're still here and they're, they're gone? Uh, sometimes that happens. Uh, uh, Sometimes people stay with each other life after life. You meet the, the great star-crossed lovers, you know, uh, famous in history and literature, people madly in love with each other. Uh, so let's say there's like that. So the man dies thinking of the woman because he's thinking of a woman when he dies, his next birth, he's the woman. And she's thinking of the man, her next birth, she's the man, and again they're together. So they go life after life, you know, just switching genders. Yeah, you don't I'm necessarily all be human, right. <laughs> that may happen. Yeah. That's what we call star crossed lovers, right? <laughs> that can happen. That can happen. Yeah.
how do we keep reminding ourselves that this is all temporary and focus on permanent? How do we keep reminding ourselves? Well, I, I, I guess I don't have to remind myself anymore. I'm just, you know, I, I, I'm a certain age now, of course. I know the clock is ticking. Yeah. Uh, you know that movie Peter Pan, or I guess it's the, where, where there's this crocodile with <laughs> the clock back. <laughs> sort of like, that's time, that's death, it's going on. While we are here, we put a pink in our, in our head, all right, this is, this is temporary, let's focus on permanent. As soon as we walk out, there's a few things taken over, you know. Yeah, well, the world, the world is here to distract you, you know? If you, if you really think that this world is temporary and maybe something is more important, uh, than, than just uh, buying and getting and all that other stuff. Maybe it won't be good for the economy. So there, there's, whole, there's whole industries dedicated to keeping us ignorant because people's profits depend upon it. A lot of advertising is, is designed to make you stupid. You know, designed to make you an addict. Addicts are the best customers. And they tell you, you know, I mean, it's like amazing. You think of the cigarette industry, you know, you see the advertisements, like this is life. It's death. But they're marketing it as life. You know, this is what's, what's going on. Uh, so, so the, 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 one has one by spending some amount of time just just thinking about ultimate questions. We have lots of books of all different levels of, of, of accessibility. You could, if you sit and start to read some of that, for example, we have a simple book called The Science of Self-Realization. Uh, and if you just sit down and read a few pages, you'll begin to get the idea of what you should be thinking about. And, and, and so this, these kind of things are an antidote to, to the poison that's all, all around us. And, and, uh, so you need some kind of antidote. You can come here more than once, too. And... Uh, and uh, and so we, we do things, we sit around, uh, chant Hare Krishna, we, there's japa beads, chant with the cartels at home, read some literature, you know, these things you can do. The websites all over the place that are actually Krishna conscious websites, and uh, uh, start to inquire and make some spiritual progress. Does every living soul uh, has a, does every living soul has a karma related to it? I mean, it's not just the human soul, but an animal soul or a plant soul has a karma related to it. Uh, if 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 that person <coughs> uh, there's no really karma for animals for plants. Once you become a human being, then there's karma. And so then you may have to take birth uh, because of that not good karma as an animal or plant. 
and then burn that off. So some, some animals or plants will have karma if they've had previous birth as a human being. Uh, others, others won't. Because, because to create karma, there, there has, has to be at least some idea of, of moral agency. And uh, but a lot of it, you know, there are good dogs and there are bad dogs, right? <laughs> so, some, some, <laughs> so some of them may have been good guys and some may have been bad guys. <laughs> so it's, sometimes it's hard to tell about, about these things. We, we, we advise once you become a human being not to go back down again. It's, you don't know when you'll bop back up again. Uh, so don't live like a dog. You said that uh, we are making uh, progress. When we get uh, 20% of progress, then in next life... Yeah, that will continue. Whatever spiritual progress you make, 20% in this life, next life you'll take birth as a human being because you've done something like that. And you can start off there. And uh, also you can degrade? That's possible. So you have this uh, 20% and then you degrade and... Well, with the 20% will give you opportunity to keep on going. It's not that you lose your free will or your, or your, your, your free choice. So, uh, yeah, some, some, some souls have gotten pretty advanced and uh, fallen down again. Although usually they will not stay down for that long. They'll get to some other uh, uh, opportunity. There is some hope. Well, there, yeah, yeah there, there, there'll still be some hope. Uh, it, 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 it's a fact that all of us in the material world, we are, we are, we are people who are, are here basically because we want our own God projects going on. That's what we want to do. I am the greatest. We are the greatest. John Lennon once said the Beatles are more famous than Jesus Christ and so on. People are really... We have a gentleman running for president of the United States who obviously has his God project going uh, uh, in a more blatant way than most people. Most people try to keep it a little disguised, but, but uh, uh, and the spiritual path is is a little is the opposite. Great saints become very very humble, and we recognize that yeah, this person is God and. and and I'm happy that, 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 that he's God, and I just want to be the servant of God. Uh, so uh, that's the, the mentality that, that really we should uh, develop like that. Yeah? I don't know how many people come regularly and just um, <coughs> celebrate um, the appearance of Chaitanya swimming. Um, as a guide and a teacher, he, he he appeared just to teach us that you know chanting God's names is the use it for Dharma. And as soon as you could just mention it, shortly. Mm. Do people come regularly here? Mm. Like, yeah. 
Yeah, sure. So they must have had some Gorpanima festival or something. Yeah, the festival of Chaitanya. We, we, we happen to be in the era in which Lord Chaitanya appeared uh, in, in the uh, uh, 15th century, 1486 to 1533, of his dates in the Western calendar, which particularly uh, gave us a great deal of access to um, the spiritual development that normally in this age wouldn't uh, wouldn't uh, wouldn't happen, and uh, it was predicted back then. Chaitanya, uh, by the way, he was actually sort of a contemporary of Martin Luther, but he was off in, in, in India. But he said that that the the, the chanting of Hare Krishna would spread. Uh, all over the world, and, and that's, that's happened uh, in our own lifetime, uh, and uh, it, it, it's made very, very powerful uh, be, because we are need something strong and something that's uh, doable. Uh, in India, in the olden days, people who were very serious about spiritual life would give up their families, leave their villages, go into the jungle or the mountain fastness, uh, practice yoga so their breath was very controlled, and doing a kind of austerities and, uh, for spiritual life that are just... The, people are like Olympic athletes of the spirit, you know. Not many people can do that anymore. Uh, 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 but the, the process of bhakti yoga can be practiced even in a modern urban environment. And it's so, so really powerful that, that you, can, uh, uh, you can remain unaffected by so many of the distracting bad things going on around you. Uh, and and, and uh, make spiritual progress. Uh, yeah, that's that's our happens to be our good fortune. That that, and maybe we did something in a previous life that was pious, to 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 give us this uh, this good fortune. That's a fact. So don't waste it. Yes. What is it that makes some people experience near, near death experience? What is it that makes them makes them experience near death experience? NDE. NDE, near death experience. Yeah. What is it? It happens to some people. It doesn't happen to. Yeah. I'm not sure. Uh, I'm I'm really really not sure. But some people do. Uh, they they have. Uh, all, they, they seem to have died practically. Uh, there's a kind of uniform report of maybe some higher beings uh, meeting somebody, taking him on a journey, uh, and then for some reason they come back. They are they are remarkable experiences. They they are supposedly in a coma, uh, not breathing, uh, no signs of life. Uh, but they can, then can tell the doctor you did this and you said that and they're, like, they're aware of whatever was going on in the operating room and all, all these kinds of things. 
There's lots of remarkable experiences like that. Uh, and yeah, we put them out, yeah, that's anomalous, but they happen. There's, there's a great deal more going on than we're conscious of. So some people will have some kind of karma or, or uh, uh, and of course you can report that the people who had near-death experiences, since they can talk about it, they didn't in fact die. But they're still quite un unusual uh, experiences that, 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 uh, that take place. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, hmm? This happened to my, to my wife. Oh, really? Yes, when she, in December 1991, she underwent an operation. Mm -hmm. And Can everybody hear him? No. May I have to, stay or speak a little louder? She underwent an operation in December 1991. Mm -hmm. And she was, like the doctor says, dead. Mm -hmm. But her soul was about to float in the ceiling, and she could see everything that's going on. Yeah, so she felt herself yeah. up, yeah, and near the ceiling. Everything that's going on, and even heard everything that was going on. And anyway, uh, she's still living. She's, 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 yeah, and, and her senses are working. She could perceive everything that was happening. Yeah, these are. Just one, one more question. Emily, did you Just sort of said, I went naked. What did you mean by that, or did I hear you? I went naked. Naked. Native. When, when, when uh, you were in college and you became a Hare Krishna, everybody else was a priest who was going to academics. You were academic going into. Yeah. You went native. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I was, I was an academic student of religion, and suddenly I show up. Uh, nowadays, we are accustomed to wear normal clothes when we go to universities and things like that, if we have a job there or something. But in the early days, the devotees always, wherever they went, they wore robes. So, so I'm supposed to be like a student of religion, studying a religion, and suddenly it's like an anthropologist becomes an aborigine. You know? <laughs> That's what they thought, maybe, you know. They didn't know what to do, but they got over it. <laughs> um, the second question is, if you have the knowledge that can help or free someone or, or help them on the right path, how, how important is it to approach that person and put that knowledge like approach that person with the Maintain a standard of goodness with other people, or should we just look at ourselves? 
Well, uh, I, I don't know exactly what you mean, <laughs> but 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 uh, people do have a certain amount of freedom, and people, we all, all obviously do things that God wouldn't like us to do, and we do them, and He allows it to happen. Um, uh, but uh, you ca you can't impose Krishna consciousness on anybody else either. All you can kind of make it as available or accessible as, as possible. <coughs> but but it's, it's something that people have to ultimately choose. It's hard to word the question, obviously. I'm trying to word the question in a way. Um, but it, it's more like, um, for example, if I have information that could help somebody, but they don't seem like they want to hear that, like you know, they might not want to hear this because sometimes the better, you know, sometimes even the good things we, we might want to hear them. Sometimes you know, so like, is it is it better for me to stay quiet or is it better for me to speak up? You can try to be tactful and, and tell people something like that. It's sometimes a, a good thing to do. But but you can't. If it looks like you're really you know badgering somebody or forcing them, it'll, it'll, maybe it'll be quite counterproductive. Yeah. So then you just have to use some good judgment if you can and, and know when to stop. Yeah. Okay. Thank you very much. Thank you.